the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What is America to me? A name, a map. Or a flag I see. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Periodically, I have what I call a history hour, uh, where I feature a brand new work of history, because history is my favorite subject. It's my favorite subject, not because I, not only because I love it, but because I believe it's the most important subject. If we don't know what happened before we came here, then how do we understand where we are? It seems to me so elementary, and I would think everybody would love history. And when presented well, everybody does love history, or nearly everybody does. So today's subject is my favorite way of learning history, and that is through biography, because then you get both the personal, which I love, and the macro or social, which I love. And there is a brand new biography of Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate armies, the lead general. What was his actual title? Uh, General Robert E. Lee. That was it. So it was just general. Exactly. Okay. So general of the Confederate army. The voice you just heard is the author. He has written uh, any number of books. How many books have you written? You know, I've never stopped to count, but I know, <laughs> but I think it's more than 25. Okay, that's fair enough. And uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author. And this time he has written about Robert E. Lee. It's titled Clouds of Glory, The Life and Legend of Robert E. Lee. And uh, the book, of course, is up at DennisPrager.com, and it's just been published uh, by HarperCollins which is totally coincidental that that's my publisher, too. With I have no <laughs> allegiance <laughs> to having authors of any given publisher. I don't think any conflict. Yeah, I, I just want people to, people are so cynical sometimes. Ah, he must be having a HarperCollins author. <laughs> but yeah, it's not related. I just even, I didn't even realize until I just looked at it now. Anyway, Michael Cord, it's great to have you on the show, and thank you for doing this. Uh, and thank you for writing the book. Uh, my 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 concerns are your concerns. You have a lot. You you think morally, and I love that. And that's how I think. There are great moral questions. He is a living moral question. How does a man who loved the United States take on, and who did not love slavery, take on the generalship? of the slavery part of the country's army. How, how, do, how do we answer that? Well, I think it's important to keep in mind a couple of things. That, that in the first place, Lee 
even in the eighteen in, in eighteen fifty nine and eighteen sixty could tell that the country was in danger of splitting apart. And he drew for himself what is now called, but was not then called, a red line that he would not cross. And that red line was that he would take arms if the federal government used force against his home state of Virginia. Uh, it's difficult for us to understand the degree of state nationalism that existed in the mid-19th century. I mean, you know, throughout the United States, of course, people say, you know, I was born in California, I love it. Uh, I was born in New York. Um, I'm glad I don't live in New Jersey. But uh, more and more, in our century, you can't tell what state you're in except by the license plates. Uh, and, it, and, and for most people, they move from one state to another without any great thought about it. In the mid-19th century, however, it was possible for Virginians to feel about Virginia as their first loyalty. And that was the feeling that Robert E. Lee had, um, that his first loyalty was due to Virginia, only secondly to the United States. Yeah, that, that you're right. That's an excellent explanation, and it is very far from our mentality. Yes, it is. So, so his loyalty to Virginia was not only greater than his loyalty to America, but greater than his loyalty to his moral code. Am I right? I don't want you to assent if I'm not right. No, I, I well, it's, I don't think you are right, frankly. Um, uh, you understand I'm neither pro-Confederate nor pro-slavery. <laughs> um, no, neither I, am I, obviously. I, 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 I understand right. that. But, but, but I said moral code in that, you, 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 in your book, you, you make it clear, I think, that he was anti-slavery. Uh, Lee disliked slavery intensely uh, and called it a great misfortune in any country where it existed. Thought it was a great misfortune in the South, come to that. Um, that does not necessarily mean that he wanted the slaves to be freed or to live as, as equals with whites um, or to have the same right to vote as white people did. Um, he made that position very clear before the war and after the war, before Congress. Uh, but I, I think it's important to bear in mind about Lee that from Lee's point of view, the United States had attacked his own state of Virginia. And he was therefore defending what he took to be uh, American constitutionalism and the rights of Americans against um, the force of the federal government. Uh, Lee's morality would never have permitted it to do it had he not felt that. He was a very strongly morally driven personality. Uh, but we have to, in some way, penetrate and accept the confusion of moral points of view and of uh, opinion that existed in mid-19th century America. Uh, they were much more complicated, and Lee was a much more complex person than we generally recognize. Right. So let me, let me make a ledger here and tell me if I have it right, not in terms of argument, but in terms of clarity. On the one hand, he had a deep love and allegiance to the United States of America. After all, Lincoln had asked him to be to, to be put in charge uh, of, uh, of of the Union armies. Is that correct? He was offered command 
of the new Union Army that was being right. formed of 75,000 men. Right, so it shows how, how much Lincoln thought he loved, that he, Robert E. Lee, loved America. So, so uh, please, I, I, just let me make this ledger and tell sure. me if I'm right. So you have on, on, on one side, on uh, row A, love of the United States of America, uh, antipathy to slavery, despite not being an, an abolitionist in the terms of, of, of giving freedom to all slaves. Fine, we'll put that aside. But a, but a, but a morally opposed. On the other hand, a love of Virginia that overwhelmed his love of America and a belief that it was the union that the United States government had attacked his state. Correct. So, so, so those, it's two versus two. Is that, was there any, was there a fifth consideration I missed? No, no, there are, the, 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 there's no other consideration. Lee would not, I think, have fought for slavery. He disliked the institution. Uh, he was very critical of secession and remained very critical of secession. Uh, he uh, called it um, uh, silly and um, uh, felt that secession would was the equivalent of anarchy um, and was enormously concerned about the consequences of secession, which, first of all, he knew would lead to war, and secondly, he felt would destroy the work of the founding fathers in, 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 in building a new nation. His father, you must bear in mind, had been Washington's favorite cavalry commander, Light Horse Harry Lee, and very close to Washington. And Lee uh, himself married um, the daughter of Washington's adopted son, um, Washington Park Custis. So it's difficult it, to, to even express the degree to which the breakup of the Union and the secession of the southern states was um, uh, enormously disturbing to Lee. And he was far from joining in secession. He was pushed into it unwillingly and gradually, um, and very much hoped it would not happen. I'm speaking to uh, Michael Corda, who uh, has written this brand-new biography of Robert E. Lee titled Clouds of Glory, The Life and Legend of Robert E. Lee. And it's a great introduction to the whole Civil War era, aside from being a biography of Robert E. Lee, the head general of the forces of the Confederate uh, states. We'll be back in a moment. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. If ever one person embodied moral wrenching, uh, it would be Robert E. Lee, it would seem to me. We'll make that clearer when we come back. This is a history hour on The Dennis Prager Show.
President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. We will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text COMMIT, C-O-M-M-I-T, to 88022 today for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention again. That's COMMIT to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. My country is of the sweet land of liberty of the same You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. This is a history hour. Periodically, I devote an hour to a great new work of history. Clouds of Glory is such a work. The life and legend of Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate armies in the Civil War. Michael Corda, uh, the very, very uh, widely read biographer and historian, is my guest, and he is the author we're talking about, of course, Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate forces. Uh, I, at the very end of the the uh, the last segment prior to the break, I said, if if there was ever a man who had a a, a moral tear in him, it would he would be. He's like a Greek legend or Greek tragedy in that way. Is, is that is that a fair summation? I think it's absolutely fair. In 1861. Uh, Lee wrote, uh, as the Great Division approached, um, he was reading a biography of George Washington and wrote to his wife how his great spirit would be grieved if he could see the wreck of his mighty labors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the Union was for him what he had given his life to as a United States officer. Uh, he, as he said, he wished... Um, no other song than Hail Columbia, and wished no other flag but the Stars and Stripes. However, he had drawn long before uh, um, 1861 a very firm red line, and that is that uh, if the Union is dissolved uh, and the government disrupted uh, and his state was attacked, in that case he would defend his state. Now, but his state, of course, was attacked because his state seceded, and he was against secession. What did he expect the the Union to do, the, the U.S. government to do? He expected the Union government to negotiate, uh, <laughs> um, and was mightily disturbed when Virginia finally did secede. Uh, everybody was, everybody in Virginia and everybody in the South were celebrating secession. Uh, Lee remained extremely critical of it. Uh, he said uh, when uh, the, Virginia, the Virginia Convention finally voted in favor of seceding and the Virginians themselves voted on that proposition and, and Virginia therefore seceded, uh, Lee said, I must say that I'm one of those dull creatures that cannot see the good of secession. Um, and uh, the cheering and the celebrations uh, left him not only cold but deep, deeply disturbed. Um, 
having, however, uh, reached the point where his state had voted to secede, um, Lee um, offered and accepted command of the Virginia forces, and when those Virginia forces were blended into the forces of the other states of the Confederate Army, he accepted the rank of general in the Confederate Army. Interestingly enough, Lee never wore a general's insignia in Confederate uniform. Uh, he wore the three stars, small stars, of a colonel, uh, which was his substantive rank in the United States Army before the Civil War, and said that he would not wear uh, any of the marks of a general until the war was won. And therefore, um, never did. Never did. Uh, right. So, so did he consider himself a member of the U.S. Armed Forces? Is, was that his point? Once he had become an officer in the Confederate forces, he considered himself no other than a Confederate officer. Right. But so, why wouldn't he then wear this, the the symbols of generalship? I think, first of all, out of modesty and humility. I see. Okay. That the only... Not because he hadn't risen to general in the U.S. Army. Yeah. The only valid ranks for him was... Did he have any contact with Lincoln after the uh, secession? No. Uh, He had no contact with Lincoln before the secession. Okay, okay. The command of the Army was offered to him by Francis Blair. Did he have close friends in the North? Lee, yes. Indeed, his sister. Um, uh lived in Baltimore and and was a pro-Northerner. Um, and her son uh, became a colonel in the United States Army and actually uh, was almost captured by Lee's army at the Second Battle of Manassas. So Lee had not only many friends, but had lived extensively in the North. He lived in New York for some years while he built the series. Right, of so this is part of the Greek tragedy of this man. Yeah, exactly. How did, I have read conflicting reports on this. How did con, the Confederate Army treat Union prisoners? Well, in general, there was an attempt made during the Civil War to exchange prisoners, and those who were lucky were exchanged, in short, for every the attempt was that for every northern prisoner held by the, by, by the Confederate Army, um, the, the, the Federal Army would exchange a Confederate prisoner. Um, that system worked sporadically, but there were many examples, particularly in the South, of great cruelty um, towards prisoners of war. Uh, in the first place, the South had almost nothing with which to feed its own armies. Um, so the starvation of prisoners of war was um, a horrible uh, extension of the Confederacy's own increasing poverty as the war went on. Uh, it's difficult, again, for us to understand with what few resources the Confederacy fought the war. Uh, there was no, for example, there was no existing factory for producing blankets in the South, Um, and yet a blanket is almost as important to a soldier as a rifle. Uh, And there was at first no factory for producing rifles. Um, There were no factories that would produce boots in large numbers. Uh, so, So Lee, among other things, created the Confederate Army, found the arms, found the ammunition, attempted to find the boots, even allowing for that. Uh, more than a third of 
Lee's soldiers at the Battle of Gettysburg were barefoot. Um, so the, 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 the poverty of the South as compared to the North and the, the, the slender industrial resources of the South as compared to the North uh, are a striking part of Lee's story. Did Lee think that the Confederacy could win? It's difficult to know exactly what Lee thought. He did not think, for example, that a single great victory would make any difference. Uh, in 1861, almost everybody in the South believed, uh, wanted to believe, that there would be one big battle and that Southern steel and Southern courage would break the Union Army um, and that the war would be over. Lee never had that impression at all. He built up the army knowing that it would be a very long war. Uh, he did not think that a victory or any of his victories would necessarily bring recognition of the Confederacy by the French or the British governments, which would have been very valuable, of course, but he was not a believer in that as Jefferson Davis was. He felt that... All right, hold on. Hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought because I want to restate. I'm speaking to Michael Corda author of the brand new biography of Robert E. Lee. This is a History Hour on the Dennis Prager Show. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Now streaming on SalemNow.com is the brand new film, Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code MOVIE to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE.
I'm Lou Dobbs, Wall Street taking a holiday break after the Nasdaq hit an all-time high and Mississippi finally ends prohibition. Those stories next. You've all probably heard of asbestos and know that it's dangerous. And you may also know exposure to asbestos is the only known cause of mesothelioma, a deadly cancer. People who were exposed to asbestos decades ago are being diagnosed to this day with mesothelioma. That's because it can take as many as 30 or even 50 years to develop. But did you also know there's money to pay victims of asbestos exposure from years ago? An estimated $30 billion available to help compensate victims and their families. If you or a member of your family have been diagnosed with mesothelioma, you may be able to receive some of this money without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Get a free legal review today. Call Sokolov Law at 800-910-1950. That's 800-910-1950. No activity today on Wall Street as the markets are closed for the extended 4th of July Independence Day weekend. But traders left on a high note Thursday after a surge in payrolls boosted the markets to close higher and the Nasdaq reaching an all-time high as investors keyed off positive economic news. Slot machines humming and dice rolling as the casinos of Atlantic City reopened yesterday for the first time in 108 days. Reporters focused on a new state flag for Mississippi. Mississippi this week, but the state made other news as well. Republican Governor Tate Reeves signed a bill officially ending prohibition statewide and allowing possession of alcohol in every county of the state. Please join me for Lou Dimes tonight, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 10 Eastern on the Fox Business Network. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I want to live in a place with a name there, kids, Billy. Turn on the radio and hear my man Willie. Friday night football, stand up and cheer. Go where I want to go, I'm a free man here. I'm an American boy. Drive me a Chevy, ain't got no bujo. My older brother. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. Dennis Prager here. I continue with our periodic history hour featuring a brand new work of history, major work. In this case, it is a biography of Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate Army in the Civil War. The book is Clouds of Glory, the life and legend of Robert E. Lee. The author is Michael Corda. And I had asked you if Robert E. Lee thought if the Confederacy could win, and you were saying... I'm not at all sure that we ever thought that the Confederacy would win. Um, uh, many, many Southerners thought that one great battle, one, one single big battle in 1861, um, would have won the war. Lee did not. Uh, he spent most of 1861 painfully building up uh, the army and supplying it and getting it ready for what he knew would be a long and difficult war. Uh, he certainly felt... Um, about the Battle, battle of Second Manassas um, and uh, <clears throat> about the Battle of Gettysburg, that if he could invade the North, feed his army in the North, and defeat a Northern army decisively, that that might bring the Union to the negotiating table. Um, and 
Uh, by the way, let's say that could have happened. What would the negotiations have been? What would they have resolved? We can we uh, will come back into the union if you if you let us keep slavery. Well, you know, I, I think the question of slavery is a, a, an obvious one, but was not necessarily what every Confederate was fighting for. Most of the Confederate army did not own slaves, after all. Uh, Lee could have conceived coming back into the Union after some form of negotiation uh, in a form that would leave what he referred to as Southern institutions untouched. Um, And that's, I think, the important thing, uh, that the federal government um, should not be in a position to dictate to the states um, how they should um, administer their own state um, well well other than slavery, slavery uh, but, but wait wait but other than other than slavery what did the federal government want to control in the south the three great issues that concerned lee were abolitionism um, he did not want to see slavery abolished even though he disliked it um uh, the second was the ability to, um, uh, for southern states um, to have slavery extended to the territories as America moved westwards. Um, and finally, uh, he wanted a federal government that could not change by force um, the habits and the social institutions of the southern states. Uh, slavery was not was not something that Lee himself liked, but like a great many people, he was unable to conceive of the South um, as a place in which blacks and whites could live on equal terms. Was that because he was so used to slavery, and think, oh wait wait and or because of his view of black human beings? I think it's because he grew up. Um, as a land-owning and slave-owning aristocrat of Virginia, uh, surrounded by slaves, but in which slaves were simply an invisible reality, always present, um, but not necessarily anything that intruded upon people's politics. Uh, Secondly, early in his marriage, when he was living at Fort Monroe, uh, he was not far from Nat Turner's revolt, um, and so he saw slave revolt as a genuine danger. Um, but I, th- I think that that it's important to understand about Lee that he was willing to do things that nobody else was willing to. For example, um, it's a very touching scene at the very end of the war in, in Richmond, in church, uh, an entirely white church, Episcopalian white church, um, when a black man comes into the church and there's this hush of silence in the church as they see him come down the aisle to the communion rail. All right, you'll tell me what what, uh, Robert E. Lee did in a moment. Clouds of Glory, biography of Robert E. Lee, Michael Corda, a history hour, Dennis Prigg.
Hi, this is Dennis Prager. The longer I live, the more I realize that many people, a lot of people really, over 40 or 50, have aches and pains that can start affecting the way they live, the way they sleep or get around. You know what I'm talking about. Pete and Seth Talbot, the owners of Relief Factor, created this 100% drug-free supplement to help people like me, my wife, and just about everybody I know, with low back pain, my wife with her knee pain, to see if a 1995 investment, $19.95 investment for their three-week quick start can help lower or even eliminate your pain like it has for Sue and me. Pete and Seth do not make any guarantees, of course, but they do tell me that about 70% of those who order the three-week quick start go on to order more, which I think says a lot. Is $20 too much to see if we can get you out of pain too? Here's all you do. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Getting a good night's sleep every night is always important. Lots of people focus on the bed, pillows, sheets, you name it. But light pollution, like street lights, car headlights, or a floodlight outside your window, not to mention the sun in the morning, will mess with your sleep patterns way more than you think. That's why you should consider blackout shades for your bedrooms. I just moved into our new bedroom in the house. We don't yet have the Blinds.com blackout shades, and boy, do I miss them. Folks at Blinds.com have made it as simple as possible to, to shop top-quality blind shades and interior shutters from your home with easy online ordering and free shipping right to your door. If you're nervous about doing it yourself, don't be. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners through the process, and you can talk to one of their experts by phone or online for free. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows, so that's one less thing to worry about. Go to Blinds.com now for spectacular 4th of July savings on interior blinds, shades, shutters, and even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now streaming on SalemNow.com is the brand new film Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code GOSPEL to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code GOSPEL. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in. 
and forget. Everywhere around the world, they come into America. Every time that flag's unfurled, they come into America. Got a dream to take them there. They come into America. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here with. The continuation of a history hour, periodically featuring some major new work of history, this being Clouds of Glory, the life and legend of Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate armies in the Civil War. The author is Michael Corda, K-O-R-D-A. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. So you were telling a story of... uh, Robert E. Lee doing things that others might not. He was attending church. Now, this was after the Civil War. I don't know. During the Civil War. During the, the Civil end. War, at the very end, and a black man entered the church? Entered the church and walked down the aisle. Well, wait, was this a, a, bla- a black slave or a black free person? Well, by that time, the, there were no black slaves, in fact, because Lincoln had emancipated the slaves. Okay. So they were still living in the virtual equivalent. Um, of slavery, of course, in 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 the states that it seceded, uh, but it was in any case, it, it inspired total silence in the audience, uh, and Lee got up, walked to the communion rail, knelt down beside the black man, and prayed with him. Now, Lee Lee's view of life and his own view of himself was that he treated everybody with the same courtesy and the same generosity of spirit. On the other hand, he was somebody who was not willing to see, as he said very specifically to Congress after the war, um, he did not think that blacks should be voting um, on an equal basis with whites. Um, So you have, on the one hand, a man of enormous nobility and tremendous moral force. Um, on the other hand, you have a man uh, who did not share the ideas that we share today. Uh, one of the points that I make very strongly in my biography, by the way, is that I don't think we can judge the major figures of the past by the standards of the present. Uh, if we do that, then we sort of for one thing, I have to write both George Washington and Thomas Jefferson out of American history, both both of them slave owners. Um, and, and and we will all be written out of history for some reason. Maybe everybody will be a vegetarian in 100 years and will be looked at as thugs for eating meat. Yes, that's, that's, of course, that's, that's possible. It is possible. We will be judged um, by the standards of people... 50 years or 100 years from now, who think very differently from ourselves. Now, that's not to say that we necessarily have to be sympathetic with the standards of the past. No, no, um, but you judge but people according to their standards. You judge people yes. according to their standards and right. according to their... To, to their times. Their times. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, meant, I meant their times, not their standards. That's exactly right. I just want to say, because uh, I'm a big fan of the Bible, when Noah, who is the only person 
uh, of course, Noah and his family, that God saves because Noah's decent. It says Noah was a righteous man in his generations. Yes. And it doesn't say he was a righteous man. So it's a statement. You compare people to their time, not not to your time. I think that's absolutely true. You have to do that. Now, you can't lose your own standards. No, I, exactly, exactly. Um, and the Lees were, in any case, um, extraordinary. They had, um, uh, when Lee's father-in-law uh, died, he left in his will instructions that his slaves, he had 200 slaves, which was a considerable amount for the day, be freed after five years. Um, and the Lees went to extraordinary lengths to make that possible. Uh, uh, they established a school to teach them to read and write, um, even though teaching a slave or a freedman in Virginia to read and write was against the law. Nevertheless, they set up a school to teach them to read or write. Um, they did everything possible to free the slaves within the five years specified by Mrs. Lee's father's will. Um, and Lee took a great interest in these things. Um, but to judge him by the standards of today is to, no, no, uh, is to clear. Be did, did he, in your view, prolong the war? I think it could be argued that had it not been for Lee, the war might easily have ended after the Union victory at Gettysburg and Vicksburg in the summer of 1863, um, and that um, some of the worst fighting and a huge amount of the deaths that occurred between 1863 and 1865 could have been avoided. Uh, on the other hand, we can hardly expect Lee um, to have surrendered when he didn't have to. He would fight to the very end. Uh, that was part of his code. Um, the, the, there was no way um, for Lee to surrender until he was Let, let's then, surrounded and unable to continue the war. Because time goes so fast in these hours. Let, let's go to Robert E. Lee at post-Civil War. Was he a broken man? Was he at peace with himself? How would you describe him? Uh, it's very difficult to say that anybody as religious as Lee is ever at peace with himself, but he was certainly not a broken man. Um, Lee uh, went to Congress to testify. He went uh, at the invitation of Grant when Grant became president to the White House and met with Grant. Uh, he became president of what was then Washington College. It was now Washington and Lee University. Uh, he was an active administrator and and and, and, and college president. After all, he'd been the commandant of West Point uh, for many years. Um, and above all, and it is hugely to his credit, at the surrender at Appomattox Courthouse, when one of his officers suggested that the men should be dispersed to fight what, in essence, was a guerrilla warfare. Lee would not hear of it. He insisted on surrendering his army intact with his weapons uh, in perfect order. And the moment that was done, he worked hard for the reunion mm -hmm. of the southern states and the northern states. This is big. This is big. This Was he a great man is my next question, and I have one other Coming up with Michael Corda, author of Clouds of Glory.
Sometimes spending really is an investment. I'll give you an example. A mattress. Since we spend almost a third of our life in bed sleeping, uh, it's a pretty important investment in life. So I'd like to tell you about the Helix mattress. If you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach, or if you sleep really hot, with Helix, there is a specific mattress for the way you sleep. And if you're with somebody, take the quiz for both of you and find what's the perfect compromise. Everybody I know who has had a Helix mattress has loved it. Just go to Helix Sleep. H-E-L-I-X sleep dot com slash Prager and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep ever. You don't have to take my word for it. Helix was rated best mattress of 2020 by GQ, by Wired Magazine. It's all made here in America. It has a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for a 100 nights risk-free. If you try Helix and don't like it, they pick it up for you. No problem. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Prager, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep you've ever had. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, the film about Corey Ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davies Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with the promo code MOVIE. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the final segment of this edition of A History Hour, periodically devoting an hour to a major new work of history. This time it is Clouds of Glory, the Life and Legend of Robert E. Lee by Michael Corda. The book, of course, is up at DennisPrager.com. So I, I take it that 
we owe a debt of gratitude to Robert E. Lee for ending the fighting at the end of the Civil War. Is that fair? I think we do, yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. So here's the question, and I know you could spend an hour because I know you think about this, but A, is he a great man in your view, and B, can you be a great man fighting for an immoral cause? Oh, I think Lee has earned the status of being a great man. Um, There is almost no other military figure as respected in the United States as Robert E. Lee, even though he fought against his own country. Um, The United States warship named after him. He's appeared on a federal stamp. Um, There are probably more statues of Lee spread throughout the South than of any other person. Surely more statues. Uh, But even in the North, Lee is regarded with great respect. Right, so that brings me to part two. How are you great if you fought for an evil? I'm not disputing you. I'm, I'm, I'm exploring that question. I think you have to see the Civil War as a terrible tragedy that was bound to take place from the moment the compromise was made over slavery in in very founding of the country. Um, and Lee took the side that he had to, as he said, he could not raise his sword against his family, his children, and his neighbors. Um, so he chose the side that he had to choose, but with great reluctance. Um, right, but had for, that side won, a great evil would have continued and spread. That's possibly true, though somebody like Lee would have helped would clearly have hoped that slavery might be slowly ameliorated and changed um, rather than abruptly. Uh, but Lee's greatness is, lies, first of all, in his incredible skill as a general, and secondly, in his ability to represent, I think, those qualities which almost everybody in the South aspires to. All right, we'll have to leave it at that. Michael Corda, it was riveting, as is the book. Thank you so much for your time. The book, of course, is up at DennisPrager.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990 That's 1-800-990-6976. 